the ability to buy your time back is, I think, everyone's greatest goal. It's said in many different ways, but it always comes back to time. The way that they can do that, they can use their business to not only you know duplicate themselves so that they are not the only one doing the job, you know, scaling that business, making it more valuable along the way. They can use that business to help them buy assets like their own office, dental office building, the real estate. When one day when they no longer own that business, if they sell it, they have to ask themselves how they're going to have income. And that that asset may be able to provide them a passive income stream, you know, in retirement. And that's something that in our world of taxes, I think the aha moment for me was that when people are just focused on taxes and taxes they pay, you know, the more income you make, the more taxes you pay. But the trick in the tax code is the more assets you buy, the less taxes you pay. Welcome. You are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality, and that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go. Today, we introduce you to a remarkable individual who holds his immigrant grandparents as his greatest heroes. These courageous souls embarked on a daring journey from Czechoslovakia, armed with nothing more than $3, a guitar, and two children, all in pursuit of a fresh start in the United States. Their story is one of resilience, hope, and the embodiment of the hero spirit. Our guest, Chris Sands, is not only deeply inspired by his family's legacy, but has also made a significant impact in his own right. As the co-founder of Profi20, 20 Dental CPAs, a firm dedicated to providing essential financial clarity to the bustling world of dental professionals, Chris has played a pivotal role in helping these practitioners maintain profitability and stay well-informed about their financial matters. His mission extends to the educational realm, where he has delivered financial literacy presentations at dental schools across the nation. Through this experience, he uncovered a glaring gap in the education system, the lack of business acumen crucial for these future dental business owners. In today's episode, we dive into the profound concept that money is, at its core, a form of tokenized time. Chris passionately shares insights on why achieving freedom through entrepreneurship is the ultimate aspiration that unites us all. We explore the type of financial guidance many people seek, the kind that can steer them in new and desired directions, paving the way to their dreams. Chris also offers valuable wisdom on the art of bonding with your team, fostering an emotional connection that ensures they feel valued and supported within your business. Chris Sands, thank you so much for joining my podcast you know, I believe that heroes and entrepreneurs require an anything is possible mindset. And I know you've proven that. 
one of the reasons we named this podcast or the heroes podcast is I only want to have people on this podcast that are personal heroes to me. And also when you take it and, and you're clearly that, and I also want to have people on our podcast that I decided 35 years ago, I wanted to be a hero to entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial thinking people. And I've designed a business around trying to find people that wanted to be a hero to the same group. So when I talk about a hero, what is a hero to you? How do you define a hero? Well, I think when I was, was uh, pondering that question, the first you know, answer, the first quote that came to mind was you know, the quote of, uh, with, with great power comes great responsibility. And um, I think that no matter what you do in your life, we all have the potential to create uh, great power in the work that we do. And it's in the uh, responsibility or stewardship of others, I think, that creates heroes. Being able to create meaningful impact and change in people's lives for the better. I think that's what gives us fulfillment. You know, it, it's, it's not just we have our personal goals and our personal desires, but when we're able to, I think you know that feeling when you do good for someone else and you, you witness that impact and that, that change in them. So for me, I think, you know, that's, that's really the, the culmination of, you know, the concern and, uh, for the well-being of others, but really just the service of others is, is what culminates the definition of a hero to me. Who are the, do, do, who, do you have any personal heroes? Like people that like you look up to, like when I was a kid, it might have been like Willie Mays, or as an adult, I, I I love Mark Messier, the the captain of the Rangers. Uh, but you know, it's also the you know the the cops and firemen, and the people that teach your children right from wrong, and you know the the people that are in, their, in their, our local community building a community center. Those to me are heroes. Is it your parents who? I mean, who are, who are heroes to you? Yeah, I think that you know, heroes come in all different shapes and sizes. Of course, we have our our sports heroes. I like the the ones who have change, change the world, you know, change the world of their, their world in sports. Let's say even, you know, obviously the Michael Jordans and those characters, but yeah, my heroes are more personal. I've had mentors both in business, but, uh, just personally, my, and some of my heroes have passed. My, my grandparents were some of my greatest heroes. You know, they immigrated here in 1968 from Czechoslovakia at that time came with $3, a guitar and two kids started their life over. And uh, built a life with a great foundation. I never knew them to have any debt. They own owned businesses. They uh, served a lot of people, and they were just they were gen just genuine folks. They they helped raise me, and those were my first heroes. I would say. Yeah, I, I, it's you know I, I, it, you know one of the best things about doing this podcast for me is it allows me just a minute when I hear and hear you talk. It gets me a chance to reflect on 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 my life a little bit and the people that were important in in my life. But one of the things that I see about you, and, and obviously in, in disclosure, you you have a partner Brent and Brent Saunier, and the two of you are an incredibly powerful combination. But one of the things that I see that differentiates you from other folks that I've met is that your business is not about debits and credits or taxes and you know accounting. It seems more that you help people use their business to build a better life. Tell people about your philosophy. That's the entire goal. I think that, um, you know, I, I wandered into this uh, strange niche career path or niche market of working with, with dental entrepreneurs. And I, I wandered into it genuinely. I actually volunteer, volunteered to work in a business for free just to learn the business model and see if I could make it better. 
How old were you when you did that? How old were you when you you go? I'm gonna I'm gonna be an apprentice and work for free and be a master of this business. How you were like 20, 25, 26? Let me see. Uh, yeah, at the time of doing that, I was probably around twenty five years old. That's all. That but that is so rare. <laughs> yeah, it really it really was, and I th- I think I I thought to myself, I you know I was not necessarily fulfilled in the work that I was doing. I was I've always kind of been in in uh, sales and, and I think that the sales make the world go round, but I, I, I wanted to see a direct impact with someone. And I was able to kind of have a hands-on experiment, uh, change the entire course of my life and my career. And I found that here, here was a population of people, dentists, that uh, a lot of them were entrepreneurs and, and business owners, but uh, just kind of like maybe by default or by accident, um, they thought that they should do that. And many were struggling or having pains with it. And I was no expert at the time. And I, I decided the best way to learn and be a hero to someone else was to have that hands-on experience myself first. So uh, that became the passion of mine. And never, ever in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would be in the business of accounting. That is, It's not the business of accounting that it psychs, excites me. Um, the accounting is really a tool. I consider us a, a data company, and that gives us the data and the tools we need to be able to give uh, advice to create change. And a lot of the the advice or a lot of the change that has to occur, the accounting just helps identify the symptoms and we have to then help uh, find the solution for them to go implement or to find that other other hero in their life to help help them make a change in their in their business or their financial life. You, you know, I notice as I work with more and more of your clients and you work together, I notice I notice you do well with everybody, but you do especially well with people who are big thinkers and people who are loyal and people appreciate your expertise. And I could go on, I could probably give you about eight or 10 or 12 characteristics. But one of the things, you know, we, you, have, you know, I've talked a little bit about this in the past is many people think because they own a business, they're entrepreneurs, where most of the people who own a business have bought themselves a job, could be a good paying job, but it's a job. How are you helping unleash entrepreneurs and and can you create an entrepreneur or are they bored now that's a good question now i i think i think entrepreneurs can be created but i think it starts with the right mindset that they have to uh, and some and mindsets can be changed i do believe that but really it's taking someone who is excited or or has a has a desire to grow or to to have an a serious change in their life that's what's magnetic to me you gravitate that's what i gravitate to every every morning i wake up i say what opportunities am i going to find what problems am i going to find and and who am i going to impact and if if someone is like minded and they they have a desire for a better life for themselves and a better life for others and those that they work with those that they serve that's what's attractive to me i try to teach that you can use your business okay not only to build that personal income maybe beyond you know just owning owning your job but to also to, to buy back your time, okay, and, and and give yourself some freedom there. And that's ultimately what we're all after. I mean, you and I deal in the world of finance or money, and money is really just tokenized time. You know, and, and the, the ability to buy your time back is I think everyone's greatest goal. It's said in many different ways, but it always comes back to time. The, but the way that they can do that, they can use their business to not only you know duplicate themselves so that they are not the only one doing the job, 
you know, scaling that business, making it more valuable along the way, they can use that business to help them buy assets like their own office, dental office building, the real estate. When One day when they no longer own that business, if they sell it, they have to ask themselves how they're going to have income. And that that asset may be able to provide them a passive income stream you know, in retirement. And that's something that in our world of taxes, I think the aha moment for me was that when people are just focused on taxes and taxes they pay, you know, the more income you make, the more taxes you pay. But the trick in the tax code is the more assets you buy, the less taxes you pay. And it's because the government wants you to buy assets that in their eyes, they see improve our economy. And that's really assets that employ people. Um, So you buy a business that employs people. There's great benefits there. Then you buy commercial real estate for that business. It houses a business that employs people. And these are things that you can own personally, that you can impact a lot of people through and ultimately create a life that you want. But I think that's the that's the key piece is people have to start backwards and really define what is the life that they want? How much time do they want free? How much is that going to cost? And build assets to give them that income to, to cover that cost. So maybe I went a little too detailed there, but in essence, that's the long-term goal with everyone that we work with is how do they get their their freedom you know, from being a slave to the business and how do they get their freedom while both while they own the business and in later years when they don't. Or was Profi always dental specific or were you broader at one time? It was. It was always dental specific. We, to get our company started, we started with a, uh, uh, we purchased a firm that was a generic firm, but we've since um, uh, sold that book of business off and we are 100% dental focused. So we serve Right now, a little over 450 practices in 43 states. That's uh, that's pretty uh, pretty damn impressive. I was going to say, so if I'm a dentist out there and I'm saying, I'm trying to look as I've got a, I've got a, a CPA that's not dental specific. Why would I why would I hire your firm and why would I what, what's what's the value proposition if I'm thinking, you know, am I am I missing something? Is there is there some is there a bigger better deal out there and what would that look like? Well, I think we we talk you know. There's a few sayings I used to beat up CPAs before before I uh, founded a firm where I employ many of them. Um, I used to say that number one, most CPAs come in and count the bodies after the war is over, and so a lot of times all you're doing is filling out paperwork to document last year and uh, and be compliant and file your taxes. Meaning there's not a lot of proactive advice there to make change going forward in the future, and that's that's one of the downfalls of just the accounting profession in general. Uh, number two, I would say that CPAs um, would know the cost of everything and the value of nothing. Wow! Wait, wait, say that again. CPAs would know the value, the, the, the cost, cost of everything, everything the value, the of, value nothing. of nothing. Wow! Oh, that's that's uh, that's hardcore. <laughs> and and we we have these meetings in our firm where I, I I say that I remind people of that, and and the mission is to be the opposite of that because a lot of times it's they think that the value is in nitpicking expenses um, and they don't think of or they don't they don't know you know what's an investment in the business and that's because I think people need to realize too that just because someone is a CPA does not mean that they're an entrepreneur or even if they own their own CPA firm it doesn't mean they're a good entrepreneur it's knowing how to invest in the business to scale beyond yourself um, and knowing you know whether you put money into you you know marketing or retirement plan both of those are an investment both of those have a return 
Both of those are tax deductible. Um, which one is the wise thing to do? And taking right. it, taking a look at life through that lens of what's the wise thing to do, not just do this because the code is written this way. Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy. But the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now, back to the show. You know what I find interesting in a lot of relationships, and I think it it was always that way. I think, you know, having everybody with their face and phone all day has just exasperated, made it worse. But it's amazing to me how many people in all fields, but let's let's stay with your field for a second. How many people have a just totally transactional relationship with their accountant? I, you know, I send them a, a few papers or her or her a few papers at tax time, and they tell me how much tax I owe, and then, and I get a return and. That's it, and it's I, I I know I don't think you have any of those clients. I think every client you have is a transformational client. If I'm in a transactional relationship now, you know part of it is I you know I've you know I, I think part of it has to be that the doctor or the practice has got to want to be in a transformational relationship. Well, why would they want to be in a transformational relationship? You know that that you know, when I when it costs me more money, I go. It's exactly it may it obviously may. But what's the value proposition? You know, is it is it an investment or an expense? And clearly, it's an investment. What do you tell people who who are shocked because all they're getting is a tax return from somebody who spends an hour a year on their 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 their, their return and, and think they've got an account? Right. It's kind of like you know, you yeah. get what you pay for. You ask, yeah. you know, for for the fee that you pay someone else, how 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 long would you sit chair side with someone? I think, and I think that both, you know, in my world of of working with dentists, uh, both accountants and dentists are guilty of that knowing the cost of everything and the value of nothing. I think there's, you have to come to a point where you're willing to uh, make an investment for something you want, not just the bare bones of what you need. You know, we all, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be in a business where both dentistry and, and accounting are required. People may, people may dislike both of those things, but they have to do them. Okay. They have to, so they may be required by law, right. To file their tax returns, but that's, that's just the basic bare bones need. What everybody wants is they want advice. They want advice and and something that, again, is going to give them an idea or an aha that they've never had before that might take them in a different direction or the direction they they wish they were going. And a lot of times we have to rattle their cage to do that. Uh, it's it's oftentimes I call it even financial detox from the ways and the behaviors that they've worked with their accountants. I don't know how else to explain it other than. 
it's it has to be something that you you want. We are we our firm for sure is not a need. We are a desire. I built it out of that experiment, out of my own frustrations of everything that I handled or, or experienced firsthand when I was in that dental practice, not being able to get financials on time, not being able to uh, get get proactive advice or not being w- w- when getting advice, I learned that they were just they just knew the accounting. They didn't know anything about our business. So we really are, again, I, I call ourselves a data company. It's accounting gives us data, but we're really an advisory firm on on the kind of the financial side of the, the business of dentistry. We're not practice management consultants, but we tr- help t- we try to help people make the most wise use of the money w- within their business. You know, one thing where you and I, at least, I don't know about for you, but for me, where I immediately connected with you was one one of the things that was always a pet peeve of mine is you would sit down with somebody and you would take their business and you would double or triple their income. And you'd think, wow, I've changed Joe or Susie's life for the better because I tripled their income. How amazing this is. But they had bad values around money. And I didn't double or triple their problems. I like quintupled or or 10x their problems because they still had the same bad values around money. They just had a lot more of it to create more chaos. And you actually, that's like an area of core competency or an expertise that you have. Uh, share with people about what that is, because it, it is it is like so spot on, Chris. I go, when you said when you when you and I started talking about that, I go, that's that's a guy that I, you know, that's got his finger on the pulse. Yeah, the the real business that we're in, Mark, we might be in different facets of it, you and I, but the real business that we're in is uh, behavior modification, you know, behavioral finance. So everyone thinks in the back of their brain, they think, you know, they compare themselves to a different income. If they're making two hundred thousand today and they compare themselves to a two million dollar year year income, their brain tells them, "Oh, all my problems would be solved." Uh, they also don't put that into context of, oh, what if I was making $2 million a year, but I had $6 million of debt and my minimum debt payments were $60,000 a month? That's that's a real life story. But they they think that income is the greatest determining factor of success. And I, you and I know that um, in terms of like personal financial success, net worth is really the scorecard. Right. But uh, yeah, when, when, when money finally becomes more abundant, more expenses, new things tend to show up and behaviors change, egos show up. There's there's Parkinson's law that basically says expenses will naturally rise to meet incomes. And so once we help people solve, you know, the, the income problem, the revenue problem is the harder problem to solve. Accountants can't solve it. I tell our accountants that all the time. Your job is to point point these entrepreneurs in the direction for how they can improve their income. Uh, but once that is solved, you do have to create new behaviors, new either systems or or habits um, that are enforced both in their business and their personal life. Otherwise, we can be we can be our greatest uh, nemesis, you know, to ourselves. You know, sometimes with all the sophisticated high end stuff that we do, sometimes it's just the simplest common sense stuff that makes sense. I mean. It's like the, I, I go. It goes back to like 101 when I was 22 years old. There's three things you can do with your money: you can save it, you can pay your bills, or you can spend it wildly. And if you don't do it, if you do it in any other order, there's not one dime to save. And right. so I, I've created the wealth in my life by taking 25% of what I make and save it right off the bat. I pay my bills second, but third is once I've done that, it's given me the permission slip to 
do some crazy things, do some crazy expenses, give money to charity, buy a car that I should, that I didn't, I needed like a hole in the head, you know, do something wonderful for my parents when they were alive. You just do frivolous things because I felt like I took care of business first. And it, it's, it's like telling people to spend less than what they make. It's like, it's like some revelation to some people, like you've come to God and you have all these complicated, sophisticated things. And sometimes it's just helping people with common sense, which, which okay. common sense seems to be so uncommon these days. Well, I think, you know, just a small example of that is that we try to have every single one of our clients have multiple, multiple bank accounts, both in their business and personal life. And both, both. The, why, 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 why do you do that? The more money you have, I think the more, the more accounts you need. And those accounts need to be uh, purposeful. They need to, you know, if you have a goal, you need to have a bank account with a name on it of what that goal is. If you've never had oh. an associate and you want to get your first associate, you should have a bank account titled associate. If you want to own your office building, have a bank account titled office building or real estate. So it's like, a, and it's like a visualization because I see that statement every month or every time I go online and I go, I'm keeping my goals on track at the same time. Yeah. And the more that yeah. you look at the, look at the accounts wow. and the money, the more you take a personal inventory of your, of your personal financial life and your business financial life, you know, that's my first habit every morning. You know, I wake up, I, I, I run every morning from the bed to the bathroom. Oh, and, and then, uh, you know, I, I get myself going, I, I I'll have coffee workout, but, but the first like thing that I'm doing on, on any kind of device is I'm doing an inventory of all of my accounts. And then I do it every single day. And it, it starts the mindset off that day, uh, of what I need to focus on in business and financially. And I think that's something that very few people do. And the, you'll find that the more sophisticated they become, more goal-oriented they are. They will have more bank accounts with a purpose named. And you have to move money on the frequency that it moves. And so for a lot, for all of our clients in dentistry, they're receiving collections daily. We really coach them to move their money to different accounts daily. Otherwise, it will get consumed in the business. You know, again, Parkinson's law will eat it up. So it, it no, I, that, I think that's, that is, I had not heard of Parkinson's. I, I know I've heard of Parkinson's disease, but I, not Parkinson's law. So that's a new one. I'm going to write that down and be able to to use that. When you have 450 practices and growing, I think that was the number you told me. What's the one or two things that are common to everyone, or you see most frequently, and you go, where where somebody go? I thought I was the only one that was suffering from that or had that issue. You know, is there something that you see that comes? you know, that you're dealing with on a regular basis that people think are unique to them, but it's really unique to everybody? Well, I think that in the uh, evolution of a small business, or or in this case, a small dental practice uh, growing to a larger enterprise, you know, first it starts off with um, maybe, you know, being able to find clients or finding new patients um, and getting their marketing right. But then it evolves more into their team uh, and making sure that they have their team on the right mindset and train trained but the uh the hardest one of all and the the one that I get the most passionate about is when working with um associate dentists and in my world associate CPAs in our firm and these are people who are high caliber they they have uh, a lot of education and training but again sometimes there's an ego involved and how to mentor those people to give them growth in their career allow them the ability to do more with their skill set, allow them to the ability to earn more with their skill set, but also, um, you know, taking an interest in their personal life. How do you, how do you bond that person to your business by creating an emotional connection with them and something that you do? 
And examples of this, um, I see different things all over the country with, you know, practices that will offer to cover childcare for an associate who's dropping their kids off to come work for them, or or they will um, offer to pay for a, a boating club membership so that they can enjoy being on a boat in the water with their family like they did as a kid growing up. It just makes them think, wow, this is because of the place that I work and the 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 gentleman or the lady that I work for that they they care so much for me. That's the kind of thing where you just see people blossom. And when those people blossom, that's when the business blossoms, not the other way around. I understand. And, and that I think is a, is a big aha moment for a lot of people is that they're trying to get their business to grow and they want these people to do it for them or with them, but they're not, they're not growing the people first. When you grow those people, the business follows. And see, again, that's all outside of accounting. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's like the accounting just gets us into the into the business and seeing it, you know, kind of from a, a cold angle, but learning the um, you know, the personal side of it, that's where the magic is to to actually grow the business. You know, on one hand, clients pay us to peek around corners. On another hand, we're not fortune tellers and can predict the future. A lot of people think the economy is is uh, heading into a rough period of time, either a mild recession, maybe a very deep recession. People must be asking you questions all day. What do you think is going to happen or, and, what has, and what should I be doing about it? What do, you, what do you tell them? Okay. So I can tell you, number one, I, I, I tend to lean to the edge of, yeah, I agree that might be coming. But number two, go back to the experiment that I did. I was in there in 2000, starting late 2009, beginning of 2010. The economy was already depressed. It, it had been depressed in the, the 07, 08 um, recession. That business, we tripled that business in, in two and a half years. We didn't worry about the economy outside of our four walls. We created our own economy inside that business. And we focused on what we could control. And in any time of you know nationwide economic recession, uh, I think that uh, everyone has to really make that choice. Are you going to participate in an economic recession around you? Or are you going to focus and build and grow your own economy in your business? And it's the best time ever when there isn't a recession around you. It's the best time ever to grow your business. Investing, it's, it's the best investment you can make with the best return uh, compared to everything else outside of it. And you have the most control over it. And it's a time to grab market share and make people more aware. And it's the time that people are going to need the impact that you can give them the most. So whether it's coming or not, again, I do believe it's coming. You should always be investing in your business first, but as as it's coming, the, the advice I'm giving to all my clients is to prepare, save your cash for investment, be ready to double down on on your marketing, be ready to grow. That is the time to grow, and to reinvest in your business. I think that that's that that is so spot on, but so counterintuitive because people get nervous in in those those environments. All, all the wealth that's created is not created in the boom times. It's created when people are, are have cool heads making great investments when things are down. And I think you know one of the things that that has been so valuable for me is um, I, I don't look at things with rose-colored glasses. I don't try to ignore problems that I, I must deal with. But I do, what I'm hearing you say is I do want to shut out the outside noise that doesn't affect me and will affect my mental state. But more importantly is, you know, when you have, say, a recession or you have a pandemic or you have something. Your mind also has to go to, hey, what's great about that? 
And where is there an opportunity for, for us to propel our company or our people or, or our lives forward? And I think that, uh, you know, the people that do that are going to see massive growth and the people that don't are going to use it for the excuse of why, you know, the, the things in their life that they wanted to happen didn't happen. All I want to tell you is, is, uh, I just wanted to, to, uh, thank you for taking the time today. I know how busy you are and, uh, just appreciate, I just want to say, I appreciate having you in my life and having your partner, Brent, and, uh, uh, the two of you are, uh, are a dynamic combination. And, uh, you know, as I said, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing what uh, what the next decade of our of our relationship brings to brings to the world, and and just thank you for being you. Well, Mark, uh, in me ending this, I want to say this. I think I've told you this before, but I'll remind you. You asked, uh, you in a way, in a way, you were a little bit of a, an early hero from afar for me. In a speech that I heard you say, it's always stuck with me, and it, it applies to this recessionary conversation as well. Is that the the sentence? Um, you know, opportunity is nowhere, or opportunity is now here, spelled the same way but a little differently. All about how you look at it, and I think that's the, an attitude that's uh, that's guided me for a very very long time. So I want to thank you for that, and I'm 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 glad to be a part of this podcast, and thank you for what you're doing. Well, I I, I have to tell you that uh, when I work with you and and some of the other folks we work with. You have your entrepreneurial synergy and my entrepreneurial synergy, and together, uh, you know, I, I feel enormously powerful when we're when we're together. So, uh, have a wonderful day, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Mark. Take Thank care. you, my friend. All right, bye bye, bye bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian, and opinions stated are their own. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631-589-5400. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Northeast Private Client Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0B36048. Arkansas Insurance License Number 741545. Expiration and submission numbers located in the show notes.